Hello and welcome to Move the Line, presented by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today, enter promo code 444, receive a risk-free $1,000 bet. Joining me as always, Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. Uh, just another week out here and you know, excited to talk props on a Friday night, man. Nothing better. Hoping the uh, internet on my end holds up okay. A little technical glitches here and there. Uh, back with us again in the spot as always, our friend prop stars alex what's going on buddy what's up gentlemen yeah i'm excited it's friday night it's week four it's been an awesome season so far i'm ready to get down to business you got the full portland vibe going on right now brother like, <laughs> like you just crawled in from the woods to, to fire off some props to the people love it let's tweet that out let's get some people in, been in the lab yeah he's in the lab we got we got some good um some good discussion questions for later in the show which is awesome and we want to make sure we get to those. We want to make this as interactive as possible. So if anything out there that you're thinking about firing at or uh, you want some confirmation bias one way or the other, we'd love to have your questions here. I can hop in over on our 4 for 4 YouTube page, firing some questions over there as well. Uh, suddenly StreamYard and Twitter aren't playing uh, quite as nice as they used to. So I'll try to make it work. Um, yeah, this is our prop drop show. Props only. Um, we also do a Wednesday game by game preview. So subscribe. You can make sure you can check out both shows, both available in podcast and again on YouTube as well. So um, also head over to 444.com slash plans. You can get some of the cool tools, all the access to all the things we have over at 444.com and get all of that in our show notes. So let's jump into it, gentlemen. We kind of had another week, like two weeks ago, I think we got a pretty good amount of props on Wednesday. Not so much on Thursday, but then a good amount again today. And really, our focus is wanting to get props out to you today as a listener that are actionable and current right now. You can be on your phone, uh, you know, listening to this, and then also firing off at these as well. So, Connor, kick us off. Uh, what's your first prop? Yeah, so I'm going to start us off with uh, Jalen Waddle over three and a half receptions. Uh, you're able to find this right now minus 149 at Caesars or uh, four and a half at Plus Money in uh, a bunch of other spots. I believe that's where we grabbed it uh, initially. But I think that this is just a, a great spot for Waddle right now. Is a 22% target share from Brissett. Uh, and you're looking at 30 to 35 pass attempts for him. So probably you're looking at six, six to seven, maybe even eight targets for uh, Waddle. And so based on that number, like, I think that there's no way that he should be, uh, this should be a three and a half right now. And I think that he'll be ended up with like five to six receptions in this one. We haven't projected for that many. We haven't projected for six receptions, not to mention the matchup here is really easy against a decimated Colts defense. Uh, so I, I really like that. And I think that that's a play at three and a half, a play at four and a half, even, even money. So, uh, depending on what, it, what you have access to, I like that one a lot. Yeah. He got peppered heavy last week and, um, you imagine that continues to happen there with, Jacoby Brissett there is a good one. I think it's still, like you said, still actionable. Um, first one for me, uh, I'm in on, I was actually going a little bit against our tool. I'm in on Odell Beckham this week, and I got some confirmation from uh, Alex because he was in on it too. I think we're just a little light. He he caught five balls on nine targets last week, 77 yards in his debut. Looks really healthy. A nice solid 16.3 A dots. Again, 33% of the target share is a massive and he was on the field for basically every snap in the first three quarters when that game, I guess you could say it was still up for grabs. I mean, it was obviously just a curb stomping in a bad way. So like his snaps and routes run don't look great. But again, when the game was you know undecided, he was on the field. So uh, I like the over in this game. 
as well. So I think that correlates well here. Only the Jets, Dolphins, Chiefs, and Lions have given up a higher rate of explosive pass plays so far than the Vikings have. So give me over on Odell at 65 and a half. Uh, Alex, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, just to touch on what you were saying, Ryan, I absolutely love that prop as well. It's one of my favorite plays of the week. Yeah, I, the Vikings are about as soft as a matchup as you can get. They've been playing at a super fast pace. They've been throwing the ball a ton. Kirk Cousins has been spinning it. They've been scoring like 30 points a game. I don't yeah. think – I mean, I do think this game is going to be a shootout. I think the Browns are going to have to keep up. The Browns have very few viable receiving options outside of Odell. So, yeah, I, I love this prop. I think it's at least seven to eight yards too low. So, yeah, I'm all about it. And, yeah, my first prop of the week is Jonathan Taylor over seven. 71 and a half rushing yards. I got this at minus 115 at DraftKings. Taylor has had a slow start to the season, especially after watching him come on like gangbusters in the second half of last season. He's still waiting for his true breakout game. He's gone for 64, 51, and 56 rushing yards so far. The Colts are 0 of 3 and have been trailing in all three games. And as a result, they've had to abandon the the run in the second half of all these games. So he's been dealing with a lot of negative game script. He finally has a potentially positive game script against a Miami defense that has not been able to stop anyone. Last week, they allowed... Uh, 111 yards from the corpse of Peyton Barber to ran wild on them. Uh, Devin Singletary went for 13 for 82 the week prior to that. And Damian Harris had a hundred yard game in week one against new England. So yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of Jonathan Taylor this week. I think they're going to lean on him. He's their workhorse. I know the line is a little bit banged up, but yeah, I, I think he's too good. And I think Miami's defense is not good. So yeah, I love Jonathan Taylor over 71 and a half rushing yards this week. I like that too. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, Connor, your second one, you're going on a little, got a little narrative play here, a little revenge action. I feel brewing. You just, you just like that one because he was dogging on Miami, and I think anything anti Miami is uh, good for you. I did. I like that. I actually back in the Dolphins this week. I took him. I took wow. Him in, I took him in the look ahead. You don't even know because I sent you the bets last week, and you just ignore um, all my texts. Um, yeah. <laughs> You might want to start to, to listen to a little bit of them. But, yeah, I'm backing the Dolphins this week, which is shocking. But those are two teams we've been – well, I've been actively fading both. I know you've been on the the, the Colts fade. But uh, I still think that we can fade them and the Jonathan Taylor stuff hits too. So um, I have a Colts prop as well, even though I'm um, fading them. We'll get to that later. But uh, what's your second one, Connor? Yeah, so I like uh, Corey Davis over 53.5 uh, receiving yards. So we haven't projected for 66 in this spot. Uh, Elijah Moore has already been ruled out. Uh, I mean – if you kind of look at who the Jets have played so far, uh, I get that they've looked just absolutely awful. They haven't been able to move the ball. But so far, they've played against the Panthers, who rank number one in uh, EPA. They've played against the Broncos, who are third in EPA. Played against the, the, the Patriots, who are seventh in EPA. So you're looking at three you know, elite-slash-top-ten defenses um, that they played so far. Now they're going to face the Titans, who are 26 in EPA so far. Uh, and you know, I don't think that it's necessarily the Jets are going to be an awesome offense, but uh, given who they played and, you know, kind of that bounce back there. And then you get a little bit of the revenge narrative for Corey Davis. I think that 53 yards is a little bit too short. And we're going to see a big bounce back week from Davis. I think that I think the Jets are live a little bit, too. We talked about that. I think that at this point, um, I mean, the line moved from seven and a half to six. Uh, and so, yeah, I like this Corey Davis prop over, though, for sure. Yeah, that's a big move. Yeah, what do you yeah. got, Alex? You got some. Uh, I, I love this prop as well. I gave it out in my column. Um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I, you know, Corey Davis has been the number one receiver on the Jets. They're banged up. They're receiving corpses thin. Elijah Moore and Jameson Crowder are yeah. both questionable. I think I don't know if they've been ruled out yet. I haven't checked their status recently, but yeah, the Moore for sure. Thin. I haven't heard about Crowder, but Moore, yeah, Moore's so, out. Yeah, he's going to continue to get 
a lot of targets. I also think this matchup is obviously there's the revenge narrative, but Tennessee is not stopping anyone. I believe they've allowed at least eight or it's either nine or eight receivers to go over this total. Um, so yeah, uh, furthermore, um, the large target share is obviously really encouraging and Zach Wilson has not been good, but they can move the ball between the twenties against Tennessee. I have no doubt about that. And yeah, Corey Davis's first three games have been against really good secondaries. So I, you know, I think that obviously has something to do with his lack of production. But yeah, everything I've, I've seen is really encouraging. This number is too low, and I'm expecting him to have a good game as well. This is good stuff, Connor. Right? We're just we're just firing off our props, and then we just got like Alioup and Alex to come behind and just like dunk it home <laughs> with a little bit of extra analysis. I'm going to do it again here because I know that this is one that he was wanting. <laughs> um, but again, I got to the sheet first today, so I got to put him in before anyone else did. Uh, Jacoby Myers over. 61 and a half receiving yards. Uh, it's minus 115 on DraftKings. Um, I think the Pats are going to have to focus on quick, short passes against the Bucks. Um, Sean Murphy bunting is out. We saw kind of the impact that he has on that defense. Obviously, Cooper Cup just smashed and dominated out of the slot last week. We know that obviously, you know, Myers is the Cup and, uh, you know, Mac isn't Stafford per se, but. Massive workload so far for Jacoby. Uh, nine of 14 balls hauled in last week against the Saints, again, in a you know catch-up situation, 94 yards in that negative game script. I think they're going to have to do it again here. I think the loss of James White only helps. They don't really have that short yardage back where they like to dump guys off. So some of that low dot stuff for Myers, I think you could have another situation where he's in that you know 12 target range. Um, and I think he can get there pretty easily if he's going to get a dozen targets, Alex. So um, bring me home. What else you got? Yeah, no, I Jacoby? absolutely love this prop, Ryan. I gave it on Twitter earlier. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite plays of the week. Um, yeah, just touching on what you said, he's he's been number one in targets each every single game so far. New England, James White being out, you know, could even boost him even further. The Bucks rank 32nd out of 32nd in passing yards allowed per game. They're giving up 338.3. I also believe uh, – Jamel Dean is going to be missing as well. So the secondary is just ravaged from injuries. You mentioned Murphy bunting. And, yeah, the Tampa Bay's rush defense is elite. Um, Teams don't even attempt to run the ball against them. I think uh, opposing teams rank fourth in opponent rushing um, attempts per game versus Tampa Bay. I I think, obviously, on the other side, Tampa Bay is going to spin it, score a lot. They're going to be forced to keep up and throw. So, yeah, I love Myers. I love how – that position on the Patriots just historically is always super productive. And I just think he's the next line of receivers like, you know, Julian Edelman, Wes Welker to be another really productive New England slot receiver. So yeah, I love Myers this week. Love it. Let's cash it. Let's cash it this week. Um, what else you got? You got another one for us? Number two. I do. I do. So my next one is Saquon under 56 and a half. I, this is, I, I'm not upset last week. I gave him out, I think as uh, one of my mm-hmm. plays as an over, but yeah, I'm fading him this week. I, I was encouraged by what I saw, but there's more to do with, I think this matchup is very difficult. Um, the saints defense has been extremely stout up front. They limited Christian McCaffrey to 24 carries and 72 yards. Damian Harris to six carries for 14 yards, and Aaron Jones to five carries and nine yards. Uh, I just don't think Saquon's going to be given the type of workload like C-Mac had, for instance, where he had 24 carries, you know, to have inefficient 70 yards. I just don't see Saquon going over 12 or maybe, I don't know, 14 to 15 touches. The Saints are also a large favorite in the game. I think they're going to be I think the Giants are going to be trailing. I think they're going to utilize Saquon in the passing game where he looked extremely effective, extremely explosive last week. He was getting a lot of targets. He was getting loose. That giant, a Giants offensive line is dismal. Their receiver core is obviously banged up too. So I think they're going to lean on Saquon more as a receiver. 
And yeah, I think they're going to be playing from behind. And yeah, I'm fading Saquon under 56 and a half rushing yards. And it was at minus 115 the last I checked on DraftKings. Like it. I, I was really surprised the last week that how well that Saints front is holding up without Marcus Davenport, who's really like the, you know, the most impactful player, I think, in their front seven. And they are still just dominant against the run. They really didn't let Damian Harris do anything last week, which was disappointing. But I mean, it seems like scheme wise, it's still something that they're they're elite at. And uh, yeah, I like that fade. Um, I think that's a really good call. I think he probably has more of a workload in the passing game. So um, Connor, I like the one that you have next for us. What's number three for you? Yeah, before, before we get to that, I do think that we need to mention that the chat is just absolutely loving PropStar's hair right now. Prop Daddy, <laughs> your hair looks amazing from Brett Ross and uh, Jonathan Cosby. The main is out. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's I, I mentioned that pre-show, and so did Noonan. We, we love it. We're big fans. I, I said that, you know, Alex could be like a Trevor Lawrence doppelganger down there. You know, you never... <laughs> Yeah, man, just let, that, let the Portland shine, you know? Oh, yeah. just, I love it. Just lean into it a little bit, you know? Like, amazing. I'll right. show you my organic garden after the show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think we might be talking the same language. Yeah, I was about to say, Noonan would probably be very interested in that. Uh, all right. Anyways, into my into my prop here. Jalen Hurts over 235 and a half passing yards. It's actually opened at 250, and now it's been bet down to 235. I have you know pretty much no idea why. I thought 250, even like 260, was uh, about right. Um, he's we have projected for two over 260 passing yards. Uh, the Chiefs ranked dead last in yards per play and EPA so far um defensively and so now you're looking at uh, a matchup where they're probably going to be playing from behind and the matchup is good and if you look at Jalen Hurts history um in games that he started and finished he's hit this in four or six games in games that they've lost and that he's started and finished he's hit this in three or four games uh in his in his career so uh, I like the over here a lot and I think that you know with the matchup here and you know kind of the game script uh, I think that this is a good play here and I, I think that there's also some other ways you can attack it too through Devonta Smith and some other ones as well that I think I'm going to be digging into, and I think they're good bets too. Yeah, good call. Seems like such a catch-up space for them. You can't imagine that we're going to have uh, – we talked about it on the Wednesday show. Like, It just seems unlikely that we have a one-and-three Chiefs team here, right? So like, uh, you, know, you can imagine they're having to play catch-up, and, and that makes uh, a ton of sense. So like it. Uh, next for me, I was going to do – I had a Diami Brown. That thing was that gone in a flash, so – um, that one's not useful to you anymore. I think that it got cut in half and went from like 27 and a half yards to like 12, um, which is probably still an underplay for Diami Brown, but I can't recommend it. Um, Michael Pittman over 47 and a half yards. That's minus 115 on DraftKings. Uh, again, more Colts love here. Um, not a lot to be excited about if you're a Colts fan, but you know, a little JT, a little Michael Pittman. I think you should be fired up. Last two weeks for Pittman have been. All that I've hoped they would be over the last two years is uh, really one of my favorite guys here up and coming in the league. He's runner out on 100% of the dropbacks, uh, 30% target share against the Rams. He saw 45% of the air yards in that game. And then last week against the Titans, they increased 35% of the team targets, 60% of the team's air yards. He is targeted 71% of the time on third and fourth down. Like he is there. He is it. There's not a lot else going on. They have a bunch of tight ends, but they don't seem to want to use them a lot. It's kind of very little Paris Campbell, very little Zach Pascal. Um, I'm not super worried about like Xavier Howard trailing. He's not, he hasn't really been doing that a ton so far this year. Um, really nice highlight of him getting absolutely cooked by Hunter Renfro last week. So I don't know that we necessarily need to be worried about, you know, uh, cornerback receiver matchups. I don't really think that that's, 
um, at least I know for Connor, I don't think that's a really big part of our analysis. I don't know that Alex gets into that too much. It's very noisy. I, I think that those are there's very rare outliers where I'm going to make a start sit or a yes no decision on a prop based on a uh, on a cornerback um, when they really don't play that much. You know, hundred percent on one dude. So uh, yeah, we have him projected for 69 yards, which is a very nice number. Uh, feels pretty comfortable over the 47 and a half on Pittman. So I uh, like that one quite a bit. Um, Alex, what's your next one, buddy? Yeah, I like that one as well, Ryan. Um, I actually believe that he may be the most popular uh, player so far on Move the Line. I think we've called him. I know I've called him <laughs> twice, and I think you called him once. So I think three of the four weeks we've been on Pittman. So we might need to the- change like a segment, just like the Michael Pittman <laughs> segment of the week, uh, where you know we only hit overs on Michael Pittman. We find one, whether it's receptions. Worst case, we just bet a touchdown prop. I mean, you know, like at least you get some plus odds there. Yeah, some good stuff. So, yeah, uh, yeah so I actually have a bet on the guy. So I'm, I'm going to dunk on this one after you do because I bet a different way on your number three guy. Yeah, so my number three guy is Tim Patrick over three and a half catches. It's juicy, but I think the juice is worth a squeeze in this case. It was last I checked, it was a minus 145 on Caesars. You mentioned how much you like Pittman. I have a similar man crush on Tim Patrick. I think he's one of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. The guy, like, I don't even understand how he's like buried on the depth chart. To me, he could start on most teams and be super productive. He's six foot four. He wins with incredible body control. The way he like moves on the sidelines and just makes these like incredible toe. Touching grabs is just amazing. I believe he's been targeted three times this season. He's been hyper-efficient. Turned those, or excuse me, 13 targets. He's turned 13 targets into 12 catches for over um, 135 yards. Uh, he has a deep A dot too, so it's not like he's getting these targets close to the line of scrimmage. So that sort of efficiency and he's running his routes deep down the field is super impressive. Denver has also played three poor opponents that they have been whooping um, and come into the second half and they're just running Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So he's not, Teddy Bridgewater's not even throwing the ball much in any of these second halves. So he's dealt with negative game strips. They're playing Baltimore. Baltimore's secondary has just been absolutely ravished with injuries. They're playing terribly. They're allowing at least a third most passing yards um, in the NFL this season per game. And yeah, I just love Tim Patrick. I think his receptions and his yards are both off awesome. I actually was on his yards and it moved enough that I pivoted to his catches. So, yeah, I love both plays. I'm, I think you like his yards as well, Ryan. But yeah, uh, yeah I took on. the over on the 42.5 uh, this morning on the yards. Yeah, the, the Ravens have given up the sixth highest rate of explosive pass plays. You mentioned the A dot really fits into his game. He benefits from the attrition of the position, which, uh, to your point, probably shouldn't happen to begin with, but Jerry Judy's out, KJ Hamler's out. Like, it only narrows the target tree there. And then, like you said, in a game where we expect it to be a little bit more back and forth than what we've seen so far. You know, I think that 42 and a half is very, very, very comfortable. We have him at 65 yards in our projections. Um, it's like smells of a points bet, Connor, even uh, points bet. I think the, the bottom is 52 on, on Patrick. Like I can think he, I think he could have a nice day. If he comes home with four or five balls with that type of a dot, I think he was like sixth in the league and, and average at the target last week. Like, yeah, I mean, he should, he should have opened it at 50 yards in my opinion. So yeah, I think, Getting 42 is a tremendous value. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it checks all I, the boxes. I do like that points, but opportunity too, because if he's like, you know, he's the 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 upside there is pretty interesting. Like he could very easily go for 100 yards. All he's got to do is catch a, like one long ball and continue his, you know, intermediate usage as well. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe I'll put a little bit on that too. I don't know, you know, for those who aren't familiar with points betting, uh, every yard 
under the points bet, you lose whatever you put your stake. And then for every yard over the points bet, you win your stake. So if it's at 52 and you put down, you stake a dollar. Uh, if you end up with 100 receiving yards, you uh, win $48. If you end up with zero, you lose $52. So it's kind of like, you know, you're really gambling when your points bet. Like, you know, we talk about gambling, like you're really, uh, you, things can get dicey quick. Um, but they are, uh, it's like crack. So, you know, once you start, you're not going to want to stop. It's, we have, uh, you know, a group in our 4 for 4 Discord that literally will hit us up every island game and be like, what are we points betting tonight? And be, because it's, it's just, it's so addicting. But anyways. I'm an action junkie. That sounds like right up my alley. Oh yeah, I've said I haven't heard of this before. No, it's it is incredible. I found out about it last year when it was legalized in Illinois, and it's uh, just shoot it right into the veins. It it is incredible. (laughs) Yeah, they start the threshold of the points bet like higher than what the like the normal binary prop is. So they Mm -hmm. they're already they're trying to cover themselves and give themselves a little bit of leeway. But there are certain ways to do it. Connor's uh, honed in on it. I always bounce it off of him because he's has a lot more a uh, lot more reps in that area than I do but you know things like we had a Daniel Jones rushing yards one again something like that where if you miss like the number itself is also still pretty low so it's you know in itself is built in a little bit less risk but you know in that game against Washington Jones ran for I think 90 something yards mm-hmm. and you know you're just cooking with gas at that point and, you it know, seems like mean medium players like Valdez Scantling for instance would be uh-huh. like a super plus EV player you yep. know oh, around 35 but obviously he has like 100 yard upside in every game yep. he's gonna catch a couple of bombs so he yeah, was one of my favorites like him Jalen Guyton then Daniel Jones rushing yardage like low numbers uh, I actually I took a little points bet on on Ertz this week because it was only like 25 so uh I mean he could easily end up with like 60 70 anyways we can, we can get back on script here sorry guys <laughs> no, no we're good um Tim Patrick uh, back to you Connor for your last one Okay, um, last one here. Davis Mills under 205 and a half passing yards at FanDuel. Um, I mean, this one uh, for me, like Davis Mills, you know, looked cooked last week. They were tried running the ball and they will try running the ball consistently. And then when they do start passing, when they did start opening it up, um, they looked okay. But a lot of it was because JC Horn went down and uh, like Cooks was able to kind of, you know, capitalize on that. Now they're going to have Tredavious White. Uh, shadowing him they're playing against the bills the bills defense second in epa third in yards per play allowed so far um so i mean i think that if they can lock up cooks like uh you know mills is uh really really in trouble uh i mean not too much anyone under this last week when he started um you know i i really think that this like he's gonna end up with like this might be a points but opportunity too because i think that there's a good chance he ends up with like 100 150 yards in this one um and rather than like 250 to 300 and really burn us I wanted to take a team total under on the Texans, but it's like 13, 13 and oh. a half. It's like, whew. oh, man. Really, I mean, there's so much. Anything variance. over 14, I think, is fine. I know. That's what I was kind of looking for. But even that's just, you know, it's just so light. But, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, this is a it's a tough spot. They have the Tredavious White that can that can lock down Cooks, who's their only guy. Like, yeah, like you said. He's their best crazy. player. I mean, that's like embarrassing. The Brandon Cooks significant is like, margin. Yeah, like top to bottom, your team's best player. Not a place you want to be. Uh, my last one is Chase Edmonds over four and a half receptions. This is uh, plus 100 at Caesars. Uh, you can get it at minus 105 at, at DraftKings. I feel, still think that that's a great number. Uh, only McCaffrey and James White have a higher target share from the running back position than Chase Edmonds does. So basically this week in the NFL, no one has a higher target share at the running back position than Chase Edmonds because the other two guys are out. So um, 
He's topped this in every game so far this season. He's run around on 66% of Kyler's dropbacks. Uh, I'm expecting neutral to negative game script. I really like the Rams to win here. So I think, it, you know, worst case scenario, maybe the, the Cardinals are up a little bit, but I expect them to be trailing a little bit in the second half. I think it's going to be a nice week for the Rams. Um, but even in week one, where they dominated the Titans from the jump, Edmonds still saw a 14% target share. He still caught five balls in that one. Um, and we're getting even odds on Edmonds here. So uh, absolutely love this one. Love the price. And uh, yeah, I think this is a, a really good play. I might go back to it and, and hit it again because the more I've dug into it, the more I really like it. Uh, Alex, take us home, buddy. What is your uh, number five for you? Yeah, I'm saving my best for last. And speaking of running backs with large target shares, I've got Austin Eckler looking ahead to Monday Night Football over 34 and a half receiving yards. I last saw those at negative 115 on FanDuel. I have no idea why this number is this low. I mean, we saw the season opener where Eckler inexplicably had zero targets, zero receptions in the passing game. But since then, he's gone 15 catches, 113 yards, and one touchdown over his last two games. Um, yeah, to me, he's one of the best dual threat running backs in the league. He's gone over in 10 of his last 13 regular season games, good for a 77% hit rate. He'll face a Raiders team that ranks in the middle of the pack in most defensive categories, but have really struggled defending the middle of the field, where obviously Eckler thrives and he's a major mismatch for linebackers to handle. Um, the Chargers currently rank fifth in passing attempts per game. Vegas checks in at second, and I think this matchup is destined to feature a ton of passing. I'm banking on Eckler being a focal point of the Chargers' passing attack. I expect Herbert to check down him a bit. And yeah, this number is so low, it doesn't even require a large target share. Um, yeah, I know Eckler, even his injury plague last season was averaging over 40 receiving yards per game. The season before that, when he was fully healthy, he was averaging 65 receiving yards per game. So yeah, to me, this number should have opened at 45 and a half. I have no idea why it opened this low, and I absolutely love it. Love it. Absolutely love it, too. Good call on Eckler. Uh, it's a good, great matchup. Um, what do we got? We got some uh, questions in the chat. I know we got some questions too on Twitter earlier. Um, let me see here. What do we think of Tom Brady over two and a half touchdowns and Antonio Brown over 44 and a half yards? Anyone jump in on uh, thoughts on those? Obviously, narrative uh, is strong. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, yeah, apparently Tom Brady is going back to New England this week. Uh, <laughs> lightly covered, lightly covered story. Um, especially barely on ESPN. I don't even know, but, uh, uh, thoughts on those guys. Yeah. I gave out Antonio Brown and my freak play for uh sports line in my column that I wrote today. So yeah, I, I love that prop. Um, so not only is this somewhat of a reunion for Gronk and Brady, obviously, but Antonio Brown is making his long awaited return to new England. Where he <laughs> he had, never played a game there. He's a lust for the one game, one game. In Miami, he never actually played. Oh, right. never actually played in. Okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, so making his return to Foxborough, uh, you know, he's obviously <laughs> going to be up for this this revenge narrative. No, but yeah, uh, after a huge Week One versus Dallas, where he had over 100 receiving yards in the first half, came back down to earth versus the Falcons. Didn't really need him, obviously, to beat the Falcons. They were winning for most of the, or I think from wire to wire in that game last week. He was out because of COVID. I was just very encouraged with what I saw from AB in Week One. Um, yeah, I think. He is Brady's little special pet reclamation project. I totally think that like he just feels compelled to get this guy five to six targets. He's running a lot of deep routes on the field. He looks super explosive. To me, he looks close to that AB that was one of the more dominant receivers in NFL history for you know nearly a decade plus. But yeah, I think he looks good. I think this number's too low. I think Brady's going to get him the ball. I would definitely go over. No way Brady doesn't throw for three scores, right, Connor? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, if I'm watching the game, I want to bet the over. But, you know, like I think that that's uh, – I like your points there on, on AB. I mean, like especially him being the pet. I mean, he lived in Brady's basement, I'm pretty sure, for a little while. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty good call. He can't have hard on the kids. Campaigned. He's campaigned to bring him to New England. He campaigns to bring him to Tampa Bay. It's like – through all yeah. that turmoil and controversy, yeah. Stuck I mean, with him. if you're willing to house like a legitimate psychopath like AB, uh, you know, like I think that uh, you're probably gonna be throwing him the ball on Sundays. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like that one as well. Um, I, I think the over there is a good play. We got we got another one here. Quarter Patterson, twenty six and a half receiving yards after the show last week. Uh, yeah, that was our uh, was that our prop tool of the bet uh, or prop I think tool it was bet Tyson, of the week Tyson Williams receiving that, wasn't it yeah yeah it was Cordell was two weeks ago it was week Cordell ago. was two weeks ago okay um, yeah I think we have him as a pretty nice number again let me see if I can find yeah we our, do our projection is nice because I considered it as well if he we looks super him. explosive in the passing game he yeah to me he's much more explosive back compared to Mike Davis uh just getting the guy touches he's actually like oh my god we've been projected for 50 wow yeah, he's seeming like to pick up the nuances of playing the position. Like, obviously, <laughs> transitioning from like a punter slash receiver hybrid, it was like very awkward to see him in the backfield for like the first few seasons. But to me, he actually looks like an actual NFL running back. And when he's on the field, they generate explosive plays and they move the ball. I think it's honestly like he should be out touching Mike Davis on a weekly basis. So. Yeah, I like this prop a lot personally. We're getting there as far as like routes run and targets. They're pretty. They're pretty close. Um, yeah, I mean, fifty is a is a pretty solid lean to the over. Uh, you know, basically, you know, double what the what the number is. So uh, we feel pretty good about that one, Jonathan. If you want to uh, jump on that one, um, we have a couple from uh, Twitter as well. Sam Darnold over under eleven and a half rushing yards. Um, these are tough, right? These are the ones that are like. Yeah, you know, Connor got bit with these a little bit the last, you know, week plus, right? Last night with the Samaj P. Ryan, the James Connor one last week, where it's basically comes down to a yes, no. Do they get the target? Do they get the ball? Um, you know, Darnold's very easily could tuck and run to extend the play. Um, you know, the Dallas pass rush is better than we thought it would be with Micah Parsons and the way that he's playing, especially considering that they've lost their top three. Uh, or three of their top four pass rushers before they transitioned their rookie linebacker to a defensive end, basically. But it's so hard to feel like really strong in your projection to be like, yes, he is going over this, you know, 11 and a half number. Our projection is pretty close. He's probably done it more times than not this year without uh, bringing up our tool. But uh, anyone have a lean on this one? Uh, nope. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what's funny is, uh, you know, friend of the show, Rahul, was all on the Sammy sleeves rushing over last week when it was at six and a half. Uh, now, you know, it's like the numbers nearly doubled in, in you know, a week. So, um, yeah, that's probably a bit steep for me. We haven't projected for nine rushing yards. I think that it's just about right, like, you know, and I don't really have too strong of a lean here. We got a question about Jalen Hurts passing yards, which we answered. Connor had that one. How about, uh, Connor, your boy, David Montgomery? over 17 and a half receiving yards. It's obviously a nice spot against the Lions. Um, I know you'll be there with your Montgomery um, lower back tattoo and jersey. Um, <laughs> what do you think about this one? Um, yeah, I actually don't mind that. He's been he's been seeing like workhorse usage. So like after week one, like where they kind of like played him in the lesser role and played Damian Williams in that passing role, he's been seeing like a lot bigger usage. So at 17 and a half, I think that's certainly viable. Um, I'm a little bit scared at how anemic the uh, Bears offense looked 
uh, you know, last week with Fields at the helm. But and I think that there's, I think there's a real chance he starts this week again. Um, and I, I kind of hope he does, just because I want to watch something different than Andy Dalton uh, in person. But you know, if I, again, I think that you know, La, Lafay D, and then the show brought up a good point uh, on our Wednesday show. Like, if you're the Bears and you just needed to win one game against the Lions today, who would you start a quarterback? And for me, the answer is probably Dalton, just because I think that there's less like downside and that he could at least turn in like competent play. Whereas Fields, I think, has way more upside. But like, I mean, last week was pure rock bottom. Uh, that was it was rough. Are you more inclined to lean over um, with Dalton behind center or Fields? Yeah, I think I think I'm more inclined. The overs are set like Fields is playing. It seems like because they're all like really low on all the receivers. I think that I'm yeah, looking like to maybe yards. And, yeah, I'm looking yeah. to bet some Robinson if if Dalton's a starter. I'm definitely. I'd be all in on that. Yeah, that looks like an amazing number if Dalton mm-hmm. gets the nod. So I think that's gonna be something to pay attention to. Uh, you know, like like ASAP. Like have the Fantasy Life app notifications or Shafty push notifications on. Um, because I know the people watching this are probably also the sickos who have those on as well. Um, you know. And just be ready to fire because I think that that number should is like a good ten to fifteen yards off what it should be if Dalton's a starter. Yeah, fantasy life app is actually really fast. It's the best. It it's is really I, really good. Like even if you're not into like you're not using it for fantasy news, we're using it for we're using it for football news. It, those those push notifications come really quickly. So they beat Schefter. They do. I mean, outside of the ones they use Schefter for, they beat they beat him and like all the other people by like sometimes minutes. Uh, yeah. It's pretty wild. It's worth a download for sure. So. Um, yeah, our prop or our projection on, uh, Montgomery is 22 yards. So we're, we're kind of within the range for sure. But yeah, I mean, I got bit by, I had the double Robinson last week. I had receptions and yards and those were just donezo right away. But like you said, like if we get Dalton against this Lions secondary, like empty the clip, fire the cannons. You think he's, you know, his floor is probably 60 yards. I'd imagine against the secondary. So they have to do something. To uh, to move the ball here, uh, Mac Jones rushing yards. Same same conversation <laughs> as Darnold. Uh, we just you know flip faces. Um, you know he's he ran a little bit yet last week. Uh, I suppose I could I could see that. Uh, any thoughts on JD McKissick over twenty and a half rushing and receiving yards with Gibson sitting out this week? Is Gibson sitting out? I, I don't I, think he's sitting out. I don't I think, think he's that, sitting he's out. Patrick McGrinder. I mean, I think you know uh, he's not sitting out. Uh, yeah. At least I think he he is like limited, but um, I think he's going to play. Yeah, yeah to, to me this is not a um, potentially McKissick type game. Um, I expect the Washington football team to dominate the line of scrimmage versus Atlanta, and yeah, I don't expect them to be trailing, which is obviously the type of game script game scripts that you see McKissick get more and more involved in. So yeah, like much like week one where he didn't really play much, and you saw Gibson handle over twenty touches. If he's healthy, I expect Gibson to be a workhorse and have a t- high, have a lot of carries. So yeah, I would actually look the other way on this one. I took an L on JD McKissick receiving yards last week. I, I would make that play again every single time. It, it game went exactly as I would want it to go. He had topped it every time. Um, it just didn't happen. You know, th- he just didn't see the targets that he typically sees for for whatever reason. And you know, that's to my point earlier that I made about Connor. Sometimes we deal with these these receiving yard numbers for, for running backs. And it's like, there are some a lot of, proof of Yeah. There's a lot of variances, proof of concept, maybe for a couple of weeks, we saw the week one for Jonathan Taylor, right? Eight catches on nine targets, 60 something yards. They hang out like 18 and a half for him in week two. 
and he doesn't even get to like. I don't even think yards. Naheem. It was twelve. It was twelve. Oh, oh Naheem Hines too. He like had the huge week one usage as well in the receiving game, and then neither back was like barely. Uh, I think it, they combined for it's they like they, yeah. they wanted to showcase Marlon Mack for trades. <laughs> they went back and like watched the tape and were just like, Yeah, we can't do this ever again. Like, they're like, We can't throw the running back 15 times, 50% of the game. time. Yeah, yeah. Like half of the attempts were to <laughs> Taylor and Hines, and then yeah, they barely got targeted in the second game. Uh, uh, we touched briefly on the Robinson number over 52 and a half contingent on the quarterback situation there. How about Diggs 83 and a half? There's a lot of underlying metrics that make you feel good about Diggs. Uh, we saw a kind of a coming out party this year for Josh Allen last week. There's a lot to like there. Even last week, and again, positive game script. They were up big. They're still just chucking. Like Beasley was peppered with targets. We saw deep targets to Emmanuel Sanders. It feels like it's only a matter of time for for Diggs. Um, Alex, do you have any any thoughts on this one? Yeah, Obviously right, a great, great matchup. Yeah, great matchup. Houston's is the type of secondary that he can just – uh, destroy their zone defense. Yeah, I, I would expect Allen to continue throwing a lot. He, Diggs hasn't had a Diggs game yet, and I know that's like just on the cusp of happening. I, I would say if it's going to happen this week. So yeah, I would definitely look over on that. I expect him to have a huge week. And yeah, they just continue throwing. They keep on stepping on your neck, and I love that. You know, when you're playing their overs mm-hmm. and you have the receiving props, it's obviously very positive when they're in the second, late into the third quarter, early fourth quarter with a three-touchdown league, and they're not even rushing the ball. So, Connor, I was I like told it. Diggs was going to have a good year. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who told you that. Might have been uh, some false information. Uh, <laughs> no, he. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that in this spot, though, like that number is about right. Uh, I mean, it's like 85. You know, I think that that's very easily could go either way. Um, you know, he'll definitely have a good game. It's more so like what if Buffalo is winning like 30 to six? You know what I mean? Like in the third quarter, which I think is very much a reasonable outcome. Uh, you know, like Diggs probably won't even be playing. Um, and so, you know, those are my only my concerns is that like he could rack up like 85 or 80 yards in the first half, you know, easily. And I just don't know if that like that's a little bit concerning to me. Um, I think that I would be looking for something a little bit more volatile with a higher payout. Maybe if you can get like a digs over a hundred receiving yards of plus money, something like that. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything you said though. I think that this is this is a good matchup for him, and he he will have some better games. Sam Hoppin over at four for four has done some great research on why Steph Diggs is actually a good buy low in fantasy, and I think in the prop market too. If you know, maybe if he has another like slower game this week, and we could start to see his prop strip to like drop into the seventies, I think there's gonna be some great buying opportunities here coming up. Yeah, good call there for sure. Um, we touched briefly on Jacoby Myers receiving yards over five and a half catches, and um, that's about where I think our projection is a little tick over six, um, which I think is probably a little light to be honest. Um, so I can understand if someone wanted to back Myers here again. 14 targets last week, caught nine of them, negative game script. We kind of expect this very similar spot there. So I get behind that. And Dawson Knox, over 23 and a half receiving yards. We have a 39.6 projection for Knox there. So we feel pretty good about that one. Uh, You guys have a lean on either of those. I think, Alex, I'm guessing you probably like the Myers one. Yeah, I back the Myers one for sure. I think he's going to have double-digit targets. You know, he's running a lot of high-percentage routes, close to the line of scrimmage. So, yeah, I expect him to be featured in the passing game. And, yeah, as far as Knox is concerned, I don't have a strong lean one way or the other on him. Do you, Connor? Um, so, actually, so this is interesting. I just looked it up on our, our player prop uh, explorer tool here, which looks at the frequency. So, from week 13 on, 
Um, he has gone over 22 and a half receiving yards in every game except for week two against Miami. Um, and now we have him projected for 40 receiving yards this week. So wow. pretty substantial, um, you know, sample there at least. I mean, that's, yeah, one, six, seven, eight. We got the dog chiming in the background too. Uh, you know, he's a fan. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's all about, all about the Dawson knocks over. So I might have to put a little bit <laughs> play on that on the, the dog narrative alone. <laughs> You get behind that. Uh, Kadarius Tony, uh, gonna get some run this week, right? Everyone else is out. Slayton's out. Shepard's out. Um, tough matchup against the Saints, but um, let me see if I, I can find our projection. What do you got? I would here? say so. He actually he followed the same guy. Follow up. Isn't he a clear wide receiver two now? I would say that Evan Ingram will be the wide receiver two. Um, if or well, you know, technically the the second targeted pass catcher with maybe even Saquon being the third most targeted pass catcher. Um, beyond that and then he'll probably be like fourth um so yeah i wouldn't say that 28 and a half looks nice and hypothetically you know he's definitely the second wide receiver at this point but in terms of target share i think that the other two guys that i mentioned might uh you know outperform him so i think that's that's kind of my scare yeah we're under on that projection we actually have a bigger number for uh colin johnson um i was impressed with colin johnson last week yeah I grabbed a bunch of Colin Johnson in best ball. I thought he was going to have a role in Jacksonville. Uh, so if he wants to get it together with the Giants, I'll take some of those uh, late Colin Johnson uh, sprinkles. Um, all right. Time for the prop tool, prop of the week. Um, we've been rolling here so far. This is something that you should be tailing. Um, I know that to take you behind the scenes a little bit. We had one lined up and then on B notes to producer Sal, that was one of Connors. It was a Jalen Waddle prop, which has a hundred percent hit rate. Um, but Sal <laughs> is leaning um, on the tool to to uh, leverage us and get us to where we want to be. So uh, let's see what we got this week. Let's go, Sal. Vibing. All right, what do we got here? Ooh, Alvin oh. Kamara. Alvin Kamara under. 76 and a half rushing yards. Uh, we have a projection at 62 and a half. This is showing a really nice value uh, when you consider the price here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit on the Wednesday show with Lafayette, where we were talking about usage for Kamara. But um, Alex, what are your initial thoughts on this one? I love this, actually. This correlates to a play I wrote about in my column. I'm actually backing Tony Jones Jr. this week. I think that he is going to have a larger um, workload than he has in the uh, previous two games. We saw in week one where he had double-digit carries, and he's, I think, had three uh, carries and then two carries over the last two weeks. So, yeah, uh, with the Saints being significant favorites um, over a touchdown, I believe the spread is seven and a half, um, seven and a half point favorites. So, yeah, I, I think that Kamaro's coming off a 27-touch game uh, last week in his career, Camaro's average, I want to say 12 touches per game this season. He's up to, I believe it's um, close to 19 touches per game. Massive workload last week. They just cannot Kamara. They're not going to be able to ride him to that degree. There's going to have to be just Tony Jones jr. Is, you know, obviously correlates you, but yeah, there's just going to have to be other options. And I just don't think it's a long-term viable plan to give, Kamara or any back for that matter and rely on someone for 25 plus touches a game. So yeah, I, I like this a lot. 
I like it. Connor uh, leans here. Um, yeah, I mean, I would lean under like it says, but I guess my concern is kind of like what, you know, we did mention on the Wednesday show is that it looks like Kamara and this offense as a whole has basically changed, uh, from what we've seen in the past. So like last year, you know, Kamara was kind of used as like, I mean, it, it got its name, like the Kamara role, which is, you know, 10 to 12 early down touches with a lot of pass catching work. Um, and that was kind of been his role for the last few years. Now it looks like with Jameis at the helm, like they're scared to kind of let him like free, uh, and they want to run the ball. So whether it be with Kamara or Tony Jones, I agree with Alex that, you know, it should probably be more of a mix and be like, you know, 15-ish touches for carries for Kamara and, you know, seven to eight for Tony Jones. Um, and that I think makes a little bit more sense. But again, that's like one of those, do they do that? Uh, like, is this the week? Is this something they start to pivot towards that? Um, those are questions that I don't really have the answer to or have too strong of a feel on. Uh, but I do think that it's not a long-term feasible solution like Alex said. Um, I'm just not sure when it happens and it once it will start to happen because there's no way that Alvin Kamara holds up like 25 carries a week, uh, for the rest of the season. But right now, I mean, you know, they're winning and you know, they're, they're playing pretty well. And, uh, you know, I think that they're, it's, it's tough for them to change their game plan right now immediately. So I think that for me, lean under, but, uh, tentative. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think the, he also is one of those dudes is so dynamic with the ball in his hands with, his ability to break tackles and stuff like he can he can blow this up with unlimited carries against the Giants team that we think is fraudulent um does not have Blake Martinez at linebacker anymore he's out for the year with the torn ACL so I would I would lean under two but it's not one uh that I hit it does scream at you this is our player prop tool if this is the first time you've seen this this is available with a betting subscription at 444.com again the betting sub gets you access to everything on the site including our projections and all of our tools um this Big, bright, green, screaming value uh, just kind of stares you when you open it for sure. But again, uh, I, I've Connor and I sound like I've been reluctant when we saw that staring at us for these very reasons. But uh, hey, Sal has been on a roll. So far be it for me to say we need to start fading the tool at this point. Um, this is uh, could be another spot for the, the tool to get on the board. So uh, good one, Sal. Well done. All right, fellas. That uh, does it for another prop drop episode again don't forget to find alex on twitter at prop stars uh firing off just winners all the time again you can uh, find us as well at move the line nfl uh we will be back for week five on wednesday uh, on thursday in your podcast feed going game by game breakdown and then the three of us will be back here in the same spot a week from today so for alex and connor i'm ryan we'll see you next week